I tell people that, you know, for maybe some that have never been outside of the church per se, but I remember growing up and never having a God experience at all until I was almost 21. And I remember, and it was for me, it was a, it was a, a search for God. And I remember, and I would tell people that now I understand why there was such a, a, a deep desire to go to concerts and different things like that and it, because I, I tell them, I look back and it was because it, there was this craving inside of me. My soul wanted to be released in, in, a, in, a, in worship to its God. And I, I am convinced that, uh, that there is that that um, that design within us, the soul of us, that's, it, it, it craves a relationship with God. Yes. You understand? It, it really does. It, it hungers and it wants to find God. And that's why people have such a great, you know, outside of the church and worship, they have this desire to be involved when they go to these extreme concerts and different things because they that well they call them fans it's fanaticism yeah and uh, but to be able to release that to God is just it's a wonderful thing amen and we are very uh, I, I'm just really um, I, I'm just so thankful to yeah. to be here this morning I'm thankful to be a part of the celebration of Pentecost Sunday mm -hmm. 2020 yes. mm -hmm. I'm so thankful yeah. Yeah. and uh, yeah. Sister Reyes we want to say thank you for your words of wisdom yes. on Wednesday yes. night yes. thank you for sharing with us here and uh, we understand that the youth had a great online yes, event. And uh, those that were able to be a part of that, I know that you were, you were blessed. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. This coming Wednesday, 6 o'clock, right here. And uh, if the weather wasn't so unpredictable we would have had an outside service today because you know but you want it's 20 mile an hour away you just don't know what it's going to do so how many of you love the weather experience from yesterday <laughs> <laughs> great amen all right so amen uh, this morning i would like to call your attention to the book of luke chapter 24 we're going to read verses 45 through 49, and then we're going to go to Acts chapter 1 and read a couple of verses from there. All right, here we go. Luke 24, verse number 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. I don't know about you, but that sounds like 
a place that I would like to get to. Amen. Yes. I would have loved to have been there on that initial. And then Acts chapter number 1, verse number 4, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. Jesus said, I told you, and you don't want to leave, okay? You want to be there. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Amen. And then verse number 8. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And I'd like to speak to you this morning on this thought. Amen. Your personal Pentecostal experience. <laughs> what? How do you like, what do you think of that photograph? What do you, you like that picture? You know where that came from? Yesterday. Amen. I, I took some good ones, all right, yesterday morning. But this came from John Clemens. I don't know if you know John. Yes. Never heard of him. Very famous yes. Tri-City photographer. Yes. He took that photo. Mm -hmm. Amen. And uh, praise God. So, amen. Your personal Pentecostal experience. Amen. You may be seated. And... Uh, Yes, due to the global epidemic, there is a dire need for PPE. Yes. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you think? There is a need for globally. There is a shortage. Amen. And uh, let me, before I begin, let me, let me just offer to you uh, my perception here a little bit as to what's going on here. And uh, I know uh, uh, some folks choose not to, you know, pay much attention to the news. I understand that. But let me just say this for what's going on now, I believe that at least in part is due to the following. Okay? Number one, especially in America, but globally, they have shut out the influence of the Holy Ghost bearers within our local communities. Understand by that? I mean, they have, because they have closed down the workforce, you, those that have a Holy Ghost and filling experience, Christ in you working to be a witness to the world, the world has shut out the voice of the church. Being involved in the influence for two months. I wonder what would happen if that were to happen. Number two, there are 40 million people out of jobs. Number three, they have closed the schools down. Number four, there are no sports, no activities for young people to be in. And then all of a sudden you have chaos in the streets. Where do you think that unemployed people that are mad and angry, where do you think, what do you think they're gonna do? 
And this morning I want to talk to us because I believe with all of my heart that it is your personal Pentecostal experience that makes the difference. Because as we read there, when you are endued with power from on high, it is in part, of course, to transform your life so that you can become more like Jesus. How many of you are still working on that part? But there is another part that he says, and you shall be witnesses all over the world. That means that what you have, you take into the community of unbelievers and you showcase your witness and you become that influence. The Bible says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Good involves actions that bring a transformation not just to our lives, but to our families. And Camille, let me ask you, some of the fathers here today, what would your families be like if you had not received this Pentecostal experience? Mothers, what would your what would your families be like today if you did not have your own personal Pentecostal experience? You would probably be out in the streets. Amen? Pentecost simply means 50. 50. It was one of the three annual Jewish festivals that all families were required to attend. Celebrated 50 days after the Jewish Passover. 50 days. Imagine the first Passover. You remember when that took place, right? In Egypt. Little did they know 50 days later what was going to take place. It's also referred to as the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Harvest, the Day of First Fruits. You can find it in Leviticus 23. You can read it for yourself. It was celebrated at the end of the barley harvest and the beginning of the wheat harvest. People looked forward to it. It was a time that they knew that because of what they held in their hands, the ripened crops of the harvest that they were they they weren't required okay it wasn't because of that god had put a stipulation that he required of them to attend and to worship him and to give thanks it was because that they were holding the crops in their hands and they knew that they were going to be able to feed their families. They were more than what you know, they were more than willing to say, God, here we are. We're able to feed our families because of your goodness and your grace toward us. They were willing to give God thanks. Even though that he asked them to do it. But the original beginning of Pentecost is really when God revealed himself to Israel at the giving of a lot on Mount Sinai. And the giving of the law, what a powerful story. It included the establishment of Israel as a nation. A covenant was made. And let me just say, because, you know, that that covenant, we are in a covenant. Do you know that? From 
all of them from the the uh, from Adam all the way through David all those covenants are still in place and valid but they're all rolled into the day of grace and the new covenant that was sealed in the blood of the lamb right. we are recipients of everything that was ever can't be right yeah. we are recipients the church we are on the receiving end of everything that was ever promised to Abraham through David. We are the recipients of all of that. And we still don't get it. We still live in spiritual poverty. And so the first Pentecost was at Mount Sinai. They established a covenant. A covenant is an agreement, a well of an agreement of a special uh, relationship between two parties. It's referred to as the law. It brought certain stipulations that each party must hold in order to keep the relationship in good standing. If those were not upheld, they were, there were consequences. Now, if you read Deuteronomy 27 and 28, God was serious about this particular day. Yeah. He was serious about it. He says, here's the good news. He says, here's the not so good news. He says, you never have to worry about me keeping my end of it. But if you don't keep your end of it, I want you to know that there are two sides to this covenant thing. And in the book of Exodus, we're, the author is drawing us a picture of literally at this time, God descending from heaven and coming as far as the top of Mount Sinai. You don't think so? Listen to this. Here's what it was like. We know the story. Okay? Israel is out of Egypt. They're out of bondage. They have seen all of these plagues. They've witnessed the first Passover. But they have really never experienced anything like they are about to experience. God really has not established them as a nation yet. There really hasn't been a covenant per se that has involved a complete nation of people. Watch how he does it. The Bible says Moses tells him in Exodus uh, thir or 19. He says, now get ready. He says, you're going to need three days to prepare for what God's going to do. He says, you he says, now, he says, you need to make sure that you understand. You need to make sure that you are ready because God is going to come down on top of this mountain and you are going to have an experience like you have never, ever, ever had. Now, they've been through a lot. And the Bible says that on the third day in the morning that there was thunder. <coughs> I wish we could, I should have taped some of that yesterday, right? Yeah. It was so awesome. Yeah. On the third day, you had however million of people stand at the base of this mountain. Moses goes up. The Bible says that God comes down. The Bible says that God comes down on the mountain and there's thunder and there's lightning and a thick cloud came down and rested on the top of Mount Sinai. There was a sound of a very loud trumpet. Where'd that come from, right? And it says so that all of the people, imagine, all of the people, they trembled. I'm thinking I would be along with them, right? The mountain is on fire. It is thundering. There's this trumpet coming out of somewhere. 
And all the people know is they say, Moses, you go up. We're standing right down. We're, we don't want any part of this. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And God warned Moses to tell the people to keep their distance because if they got too close to the mountain, God would break out against them. Now imagine that, if you will. You talk, you talk about the first Pentecostal experience. Hello. That, yeah, no, that's where it starts from, folks. God literally came down on top of that mountain. And when God made, when, when God wants to get your attention, guess what? He's going to get your attention. And the Bible says that that mountain was on fire. It quaked. The whole entire people, they started trembling. They did not know what in the world was going on. And then we're told that Moses comes down and he says, listen to the words of the covenant. He said, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all of the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, listen carefully, because this sounds like words that we hear in the New Testament. He says, although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. I think I've heard that in the New Testament. And the people said, we will do everything the Lord has said. Can I ask you, when you were born again, when you were filled with the Holy Ghost, when you went down in water and baptized in Jesus' name, did you come up out of the water and did you say, God, I, I'm going to... I'm going to do a little bit of what you're asking me to do. I don't think so. No. You were just like anybody else that had a true, listen to me, that had a true, deep, personal, Pentecostal experience. You gave everything that you had. You gave all of your past. You gave all of your today and you gave all of your future and you put it in the hands of God and you said, God, I will give you everything. The people said, we'll do everything you ask us, God. And within that covenant of the law, listen carefully, there were three areas of conduct. There was the moral code, there was the social code, and there was the spiritual code. In other words, this Pentecostal experience was all inclusive of a lifestyle that God wanted us not to just experience of our own, but to be a light and a witness to everyone else of all nations. These became the laws and the ordinances that God required of His new nation in order to keep their relationship in good standings. In other words, we could say at Mount Sinai, God made a covenant with Israel by giving them written instructions as how to live. This event would be celebrated as the foundation and the establishment of Israel as a nation. The first Pentecostal experience produced a valid, covenanted nation.
I think we could safely say that the first Pentecost was God's attempt to change people from the outside. Hello. They had it. But they were missing something. They were missing the most powerful ingredient of all. And that was the personal experience of not God on the mountaintop, not God in the fire, not God in giving us the word to live by, but they were missing out on the God inside. Wow. What a 50 days they had experienced, huh? From the Passover into that. They probably figured after the Passover and the Red Sea parting, then they get on the other side and the manna starting to come. They probably thought, what could talk? They were thinking, what could possibly take us three days to get ready for Moses? We have seen it all. No, you haven't seen it all, huh? God's got something greater, greater, more powerful. Because see, they had never yet, they had never gotten their hands on the Word. Because the Word is absolutely it is a change agent. It is the code to live by. The second Pentecost. Let's talk about it. The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come. We know. I don't have to remind you. Over, well over a thousand thousand years. Imagine this. These apostles, these disciples, they had witnessed, I mean, what, what more, what more could they expect? They had witnessed the trial, the beating, the scourging, the crucifixion. They had witnessed the burial of this one called Jesus and three days later Jesus told them he said hey he says you destroy this temple he said three days I'm gonna raise it up yeah. wow. he says three days I'm gonna raise it up <laughs> he was trying to get them to understand he said listen you need to you need to get yourself ready. You need to prepare. You need to understand the words that I told you while I was alive. I told you that three days I was gonna come out of that grave. And yet the Bible says they couldn't they couldn't uh, they couldn't get a hold of it. They couldn't and so here they witnessed. They witnessed the resurrection. They felt more than likely, they seen the sun get dark during the crucifixion. They felt the ground tremble under their feet when the resurrection was about to happen. They thought, what in the world? They were an eyewitness of Jesus coming out of that grave. And the Bible says for 40 days he showed himself alive to as many as 500 at the time. Thomas, you're not going to believe it. I know, but I'm going to show up on your doorstep again. And this time you better be there. And this time you are going to be a believer because I am real. Their minds must have been spinning for the last 40 days. They had 
saw him there and saw him there and others had seen him over here and they went fishing and they seen him. He even cooked breakfast for him one morning. He was just showing up when he wanted to. And people, their minds must have just been spinning out of control. Where, what is, what's going on? And then the Bible says that then he goes out to Bethany after 40 days. The Bible says that he blesses them. He blesses them. There is no curse coming. There is no other... That, that first covenant, you understand, at, at, at the first Pentecost at Mount Sinai, there was a cursing and there was a blessing. Have you ever noticed that when Jesus, they say that his most powerful sermon was the Beatitudes, everything was that you are going to be blessed by me if you follow me. If you are my disciple, everything is a blessing. And they, 40 days he showed up. Then the Bible says he goes out to Bethany. And the, the Bible says he blessed them. I don't know how he blessed them. But the Bible says he blessed them. As he did, he ascended up into the clouds. Whoa. I don't know about you, but that's pretty mind-boggling stuff, right? I mean, pretty powerful stuff. And, how many of you ever witnessed anything like that? Uncle Bob ever, you know, ascend up in the clouds? Oh. Aunt Mary ever come out of the grave? Not really. <laughs> I mean, there might be. And then, then Jesus says this to him. He says, after all of that is done, he has taken her. The angel says, don't worry about it. Because he's coming back again in the same manner that he is ascending. He's going to come back. This same Jesus is coming back again. And he says, but here's what you need to do. He says, because there is something that is so powerful that I'm about ready to burst forth. He says, but you must go to Jerusalem. You must wait for the promise of the Father. What? He said, you shall be baptized, not many days hence, with the Holy Ghost and fire. think we understand really what John says listen I can baptize you in water listen to me this morning uh, this preacher is more than willing to baptize you in water but you need to understand that there is a real live baptism that comes from heaven's throne that comes from Jesus Christ there is a baptism of the Holy Ghost that will set you on fire and he said so you must go he says you need to go to Jerusalem and there you need to wait until you are endued with power from on high. But Lord, we've been with you. He says, I know. He told him, he says, listen. He says, I, you, now I'm with you. He says, but it, so, he says, not too long, I'm going to be in you. Now, I know, you know, preachers sometimes can little get a little bit of melodramatic. Is that what they exact? No, no. Can you really over exaggerate the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Can you really over exaggerate? That Jesus said that I will come to you. Yeah. Can you really exaggerate John the Baptist's words saying that I baptize you in water, but the one that's coming after me, he's going to baptize you with fire? Mama. Yeah. 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 
Can you really overemphasize the necessity, the power, the change agent? Is if this really is the gospel truth that God, the creator of the universe, the one that came, the one that died, the one that was buried, the one that came out of the grave, the one that showed himself alive, the one that ascended back into heaven, the one that sits on the throne that says, I want to be inside of you. And off to Jerusalem they go. We're told they tarried there until the day of Pentecost had fully come. Which was another ten days. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Listen to me. Oh, this was, this was the fulfillment. This was the as good as it's ever going to get experience. This is all there is when it comes to a God experience in this life on earth. The Pentecostal back, the Pentecostal personal experience with God. This is as good as it gets. This is all there is on this side of heaven. This is all, this is everything that He ever planned in the redemption book. This is it. It is your personal, your personal Pentecostal experience that is going to change your life and change the world. And the sound came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And listen to me. Listen. God had came down from heaven and walked among us in human form. He came off of Mount Sinai. Listen, He came all the way down off the mountain and came in human form. He became one of us. It wasn't just His thunder and lightning and fire and earthquake that He wanted people to see on Mount Sinai. He wanted us to see the glory of God in flesh. And we beheld Him the glory of the only begotten of the Father. Philip says, show us, Lord. He says, Philip, he says, you need to get it, son. He says, when you've seen me, when you have seen me, you have seen the fullness of the Godhead bodily in me. Came off of the mountain. Walked among us in human form. He would give himself the eternal sacrifice for the atonement of our sins. He would ascend back to heaven. And now the plan of redemption had fully come. No, don't worry about it. I didn't fall. I'm okay. You ever, you got one of these watches that do that? So ridiculous, right? Get a little bit this way, right? It says, you did did you fall? Are you okay? You want me to call nine one one? Seriously. <laughs> the second Pentecost, with the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Ghost, it was God getting inside because He knew that if he was going to be able to transform the lives of people, he was going to have to do it on the inside. Do you realize when you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the block, it is Jesus Christ taking abode he has come to live 
in my home. This is the birth of the new nation. Yeah. The church is the the ultimate, the ultimate nation of God on earth. Still held together with God's instruction as how to live. Still has guidelines to live good, moral, spiritually, and to be socially active and a godly influence on the outside. The birth of the new covenant church produced not only the atonement of sins, but this new nation of God's redeemed had their sins remitted as if they had never occurred. I, I know it's too good to be true. It is too. You know, they say if it's too good to be true, it's probably not true. Not so. This is too good to be true. And it's true. Yes. He didn't just forgive me, Brother Jonathan. But if I understand that word remission, it means that he cleaned up my slate as if I never done those stupid things in his eyes. Amen. Well, nobody can do that. I know that's what they said about Jesus. They said only God can forgive it. He says, I know, I just want you to know it's okay. The new, the new Pentecostal nation or church breaks down all the social barriers of society. Notice on the day of Pentecost. There were dwelling men out of every nation. The Bible says every nation under heaven. Galatians says this. says, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we may be justified by faith. For we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Now there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is no bond nor free. There is no male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. The Pentecostal believers share a born again experience. It is our experience. If you were there at the first Pentecostal experience on Mount Sinai, you had a story to tell that nobody else. Whoa, you were, yes, I was there. If you were there on the original day of Pentecost when the church was birthed, nobody, nobody could deny that experience. Listen to me. When you had your own personal born-again experience, it was the celebration of the first day of your new birth. You were no longer an outcast. You had become a child of God. With all the blessings that come with it. This new Pentecostal experience would be the opportunity for every man alive on the face of the earth to change their lives and the lives of every living soul on earth. That's impossible. It's true. Every single person alive, Brother Ben, has the opportunity. If we can get this to them, they have the opportunity for the hope of eternal life and the blessings of God upon their lives on earth. Everybody, everybody. The black man, the black man. The Asian person, yes, sir. I don't care. You understand? Is it the old covenant, that Mount Sinai, that first Pentecostal, it brought a lot of questions to the minds of the Jewish community. They felt like that they were inclusive. We don't believe that. You don't believe you're better than anybody else, do you? Of course not. But I have a message 
that is better than theirs. Unless you're, unless you're, unless your message is the Pentecostal message, my message trumps your message. That's right. Unless your message is in, includes the Acts 2.38 born again message, my message trumps your message. way it is. You know why? Because there is no other message, Brother Ali. It is always going to be it's, it's always going to go right back to the very first birthday of the church. You can never get away from it. If a person ever asks how to be saved, it is the most simplistic thing that there is. Yeah, take them to the birthday. And how are they going to get around that? They, can, they don't. They can't. Why? Well, because it's truth. And along with our Pentecostal experience, listen carefully, God also brought the words of the apostles what we call the apostolic doctrine or the New Testament. It is a revelation of the fullness of the gospel. You understand what that New Testament does, folks? It completely opens up the eyes and the understanding as to the ultimate plan of God. And I'm going to bring you a couple of things. This is how. This is how we change ourselves and change our world. This is what the world needs to know. Here's what your Pentecostal experience will produce in you. Number one, love. It didn't change from the book of Deuteronomy. We are to love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. That's not a new scripture, but it's a new revelation of love in action. They asked him, Master, talking to Jesus, what is the great commandment of the law? Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment that never changes. And the second is like it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as yourself. He says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Yes. Hold on. Did he really say that? I don't know, but that's a pretty powerful statement to make. Did he say that? He said... He says, the entire law and the entire words of the prophets hinge on these two. That you love me. You've got to love me with everything. Yeah. You, your personal Pentecostal experience involves the key. The Bible says the greatest of all. The big three, but the greatest is love. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got to love God with all your heart mind, soul, and strength. What's left? <laughs> well, whatever left over, you've got to love your neighbor as yourself. That's asking a lot. Ah, but that is the ingredient that changes the world. Hello? Back John 3, 34, 35. Listen, these are, the, the, there's a couple of these things of these key ingredients to your personal Pentecostal experience that, that were brought to us right at the Last Supper. So I think they're kind of important. Love. He said this, 
He said in John 15, he says, this is my commandment that you love, hold on to this, careful, that you love one another as I have, somebody finish it. Oh boy. Uh, you see the exit sign there? In the escape route? Brother Andrew? You gotta love me. Okay? You gotta love me like God loves you. Yeah. Oh. I did read it correctly, didn't I? Yeah. Don't don't love me like you love yourself, okay? Because I've known some people that quite honestly they're thinking about jumping off the bridge, right? <laughs> Don't love me like that, right? No. Love me like God loves you. Oh, and then he goes on to say this. He says, no greater love. No greater love what? Then a man would lay down his life for Fred. Then he, he gets even more far out, right? The Bible says that while we were enemies, it says barely, scarcely, that a man would lay his life down for a righteous man. But while, you know, well, let me pick on somebody I can, right? Uh, Kevin, I'm going to pick on you. While I was your enemy, right? You were still going. Yeah. See, that's your Pentecostal experience. And we come short in that sometimes. That, I, 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 I got to hurt that. Husbands, love your wives as much as you want to. Husbands love your wives as long as they, you know, as long as they're good cooks. <laughs> Nobody has that word? Somebody tell me that again. What does that scripture really say? God loves the church. Oh, no. Uh -oh. Okay, dads, raise your hands. How many of you, how many of you could kind of improve on that just a little bit? Don't want to go That's biggie. And that, that, that is a big one. I'm talking about your personal Pentecostal experience. These are the things that Jesus says. That, oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But he says, okay, number two, number two, forgiveness. Forgiveness. This is a part of of your Pentecostal experience. How do I know that? Because, because Jesus he forgave Peter. Excuse me, but I know it probably doesn't, doesn't read this. I, I've misread it so many times, but while he's hanging on the cross, he says what? Talking to whom? At least in part, possibly the ones that put the nails in his hand. Yeah. Yeah. But Peter says, "Lord, is it okay? Can can I go to? Can I can I, can I forgive my my brother just seven times? Is that going to be okay?" Jesus said, "No." He says, no. He says, here's forgiveness. He says, he says, you gotta forgive your brother if need be seven times seventy 
which when I went to school, okay, I know it's different today, but when I went to school, it equaled 490. Now, Brother Israel, don't try me, man. You're like up to 300. You understand what? In other words, there are, there are no limits and there are no excuses. Forgiveness is one of those keys that you have that transforms not only your life, but influences and changes the world that you are a part of in your local community. Oh, but that co-worker that comes up to me and and rattles my cage. I love you, bro. Don't do that to them because you know what? Then they don't know what to do. Right? And they just. Hello. You do not regulate my spiritual attitude or altitude. My gift to you is forgiveness. Whether you accept it or not is up to you. That's right. I shared with you a story. A preacher come to me one day and asked for a conference and he said, I have had aught for you against you for 16 years. And I knew he kind of, you know, didn't like me too much, but I didn't think it was that big of a deal. But you know what? Every time that I saw him in those 16 years, I would go up and I would shake his hand and put a smile on my face, not trying to be, you know, flaunting it in his face, but just being real. That's because you don't listen. You do not regulate my spiritual altitude. You can have ought against me all you want, but I'm going to release it. You can have bitterness in your heart, but if you, you want to know, you listen, your Pentecostal experience, it is expedient for you to give and have these attributes inside of your life because what you are witnessing on the streets of America are people that don't have that experience. Three, you gotta have a heart of a servant. That last supper, Jesus puts on the towel. He says, listen, he says, Notice John 13, 15. He says, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. <laughs> For and do not judge. Matthew 7. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judged, you will be judged. With what the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And I like to tell people this, listen, everybody that you meet wears a star on their forehead. They are a Mercedes-Benz customer to me. Everybody deserves to wear a star in your in your environment. And I close with this. There is another Pentecost coming. There is. There's another one coming, folks. There's another Pentecostal experience coming. And your 
It is going to require your personal Pentecostal experience here on earth to be a witness to the next one. There's another Pentecostal experience. I know this is crazy stuff, right, Sabrina? You don't really believe this, Elder, right? Yeah. I believe there's another Pentecostal experience coming, Sister Ann. When the Bible tells me that when the last trump is going to sound, that not just one grave, or not just a few graves, but the Bible says that every person dead in Christ is going to come out of those graves. And then the really crazy thing, this new Pentecostal day that's coming that has never happened before on this scale. He is saving the best for last. He is saving the best for possibly you and me to experience this part. And that is, the Bible says, then we which are alive and remain to His coming, we're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye and I don't know how but we're going to be caught up in the clouds and I believe that stuff I believe it Brother Jake that's crazy stuff I know it is it's absolutely in mind boggling it just blows my mind but that is going to be, Brother Son, that next Pentecostal day, it's coming. It is coming. And this time, the Bible says that He's going to come down. He's going to jump on that cloud. And it said, He's going to descend heaven with a show. are in that bank, Brother Ben. <laughs> Everything's in that bank, Brother Jake. All of it. I am putting all my eggs in that one basket because I am absolutely convinced that that Word of God is true. I am convinced that it is the answer to the world is a personal, a personal Pentecostal experience that's starts on the inside of you it changes you and you become a witness to the world as you stand there's a change coming folks there is a change coming Listen, there are a lot of things happening in the world to try to distract you and I and try to get our attention off of our personal walk, our personal experience with God. Can't happen. The last time I read Matthew 25, I think it was, last time I read, there were ten virgins and five heard or were prepared I should say. Maybe a change since then. I don't know. Did it change? Maybe it went up to six. Maybe it went up to seven. I don't know everything that means. Bible scholars me. All I know is that it tells me that just because that you are a virgin don't mean that you're going to be saved. In other words, just because that you have this personal, or I should say, that you at one time had this God experience in your life, it doesn't mean that you are going to have a secure baby blanket wrapped around you and not grow and become more and more and more like Him. It means that you have to have that oil. You have to have an abundance of oil. You have to have an abundance of the Holy Ghost. You have to have that burning inside of you because it is going to take a very special, special, special Pentecostal experience to get you out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
Amen. Everybody left you or what? No. Just kidding. You got ratchet, but we're in trouble. Oh God. We need we need the power. We need God's power in our lives more than ever, folks. Yes. This is this is our this is our day. This is our day. So we're going to close with just this. We're going to ask if you would like, if you would like to just come down here for just a few minutes. And